Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Exalt me higher and higher, for if you exalt me in the air of this region, in the air of this city, in the air of your circumstance, the Lord says, I will be God over it all. There will be nothing too tall for me, too strong for me, too big for me, because I am more than it all, says the Lord. Exalt me because I am worthy, yes, but because I want to move on your behalf, and I can move from a place of authority and a place of power in your life. Exalt me, church, and see what I will do, says the Lord. Amen. He's in the place this morning, but we're so glad that you are in the place this morning as well. If you're ready for the word, we're going to be in uh, 2 Corinthians. Make sure I tell you right. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's a familiar passage. If you've been in church very long, especially Pentecostal church, you've probably heard uh, all the passages that we're going to read today. Uh, Do me a favor. Do not tune that out. Amen. Do not think that because you've heard it, for 40 years, that there's not something else to be said. Amen? I believe God's going to bring something new because when I was reading this, something new jumped out at me. Amen? So we'll read the passage and then we'll we'll set up what we're talking about this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 in the King James says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4 is a parenthetical statement. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or physical but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, these weapons are in action, okay? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Verse 6, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to talk to you this morning about stronghold destroyers. Stronghold destroyers. Amen. That's going to be good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We ask that you would just be in it. God, that you would bring it exactly as it needs to be brought for these folks who are here right now. And God, we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse, uh, verse 4 gives us that, that, parent, uh, that word in the parenthetical statement there, stronghold. Stronghold is not a word that we use every day anymore. It's not exactly something that's in the common uh, vernacular. But when you say it, even in church, you get different perspectives on what a stronghold is. Uh, Some of you probably picture a castle. Some of you probably picture a fort of some kind, a base. Um, A stronghold can be a a big, depending on your reference point, a big magnificent uh, building that's well guarded and taken care of. Uh, but whatever your reference point is, we can all agree that in the spirit realm there are strongholds. There are, if we could see into the spiritual landscape of this city, if you could see into the spiritual landscape of your family, not just your immediate family, but your extended family. Does anybody have crazy extended family? Right? Crazy or, or messed up or dysfunctional? I don't mean to write them off as crazy. What I'm saying is we've all got family. We've got people in our lives that have strongholds. If you were to see into the spirit, you would see the landscape of their life being dominated by some kind of imposing, dark, strong structure, right? Picture, picture Fort Knox. Have you ever seen Fort Knox? 
Have you ever seen the old James Bond movie from 1963, Goldfinger? They filmed that at Fort Knox and in Lexington. It's pretty interesting. Fort Knox is a perfect example. If you could see into the spirit realm, you would see magnificent structures like that all over the place. And what are they? They are symbols of dominion. They are symbols of strength. They are symbols of domination. Okay, those structures, whether you're in Europe or China or whatever part of the world you're in, whenever you see a a massive structure, it indicates dominance. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. We don't see, the devil doesn't construct giant physical buildings and we, that we can point to and say, oh, that's where the devil is. No, in fact, it's in the spirit realm. It's in the spirit realm. And in the spirit realm, we have to understand that if we want to fight and tear down those things, number one, we can, but we have to do it in the spirit. We can't do it in the physical. I think one of the, one of the things that the American church has one of, the, one of the ends that our pendulum has swung to is that we've swung to the, the, the practical end. And we've negated or neglected the spiritual. Okay, maybe not so much this house. But in American Christian culture, we talk a lot about making good decisions, surrounding yourself with the right people, forming good habits. And those are absolutely essential. If you want to weaken the effect of the enemy in your life, get around the right people. Right? Proverbs says that... that Bad company corrupts good character. So there's biblical truth in that. But sometimes you need more than a good friend circle, right? Sometimes you need more than just maybe a a good day of good choice making, good decision making, right? Sometimes you need to do more than just change your habits or your lifestyle. All of that can contribute, but you can do all of that, and if you neglect the spiritual warfare, then you can still be bound. It can still come up. And this is the situation that many people in the church are in, is that they know that they're they're doing their best to make good decisions, be around the right people, not go to bad places, go to good places, do the right thing, read their Bibles, do their devotionals. They're trying to do all that, and for some reason, the power of the enemy still pops up in their life and still kicks their tail from time to time. Granted, it might not be as often as it used to be, thank God. But from time to time, he still pops up and he still does what he does to us. What we have to recognize is that if we're going to war and tear down spiritual strongholds, we have to do it in the spirit. That's the first thing. We cannot tear down spiritual strongholds with man's methods, man's weapons, or man's tactics. It doesn't work that way. We're going to have, this house is going to be flooded with children this week. And these children are going to come in under the dominance of enemy strongholds. Not all of them, but some are. They're going to come in having seen things that perhaps you and I have not seen. They're going to come in having had experiences that no person their age should have experienced. What are we going to do? We're going to love on them. We're going to share the good news. We're going to sing fun songs and do dances. We're going to do puppets. We're going to do all that. But if we don't prepare the air, if we don't attack what is dominating them, what good is the pageantry? What good is all the money that we're sending out to do this? All the excellence that's gone into it, which is excellent and awesome. But if we don't impact the spiritual, it's for nothing. It's for nothing. We might get a repeated prayer and we may never see them again. But if we prepare the air this week, 
If we call out into the air and we say, we're coming against abuse in the name of Jesus. We're coming against addiction in the name of Jesus. We're attacking the strongholds that are neglecting the children of this city. We're attacking it. If we do that, and then our excellence comes into play, then our love shows up, then our hugs have effect, then what can God do? What difference can be made in the lives of children? And when you save a child, you're, you're altering the entire course of their life, potentially. We cannot tear down spiritual strongholds with man's methods, weapons, or tactics. We do not war after the flesh. Yes, spiritual strongholds manifest themselves physically through people and territory. They can, they can influence regions. But you can't fight them with a gun. You can't fight them with a fist. You can't fight them with programming. You've got to attack the spiritual. See, strongholds throughout history have been built by strong people. Strong men in particular. Domineering, valiant, warlike men have raised up armies and empires. and They've built imposing structures all over the world. And what lives in that imposing structure? The strong man. The strong man. See, what we understand is, is that the stronghold is under the influence of the strong man. There's a spirit in there. There's a spirit in there who's trying to destroy people. There's a spirit in there who has bound them up, who has kept them locked up, who has taken the best from them. Maybe the best years, maybe the best wishes or dreams, he has taken from them. And because he is in there safe and nobody's attacking, Those people are trapped. Their goods are spoiled. Their potential is squandered because nobody stands up and says, Hey, I'm tired of you dominating our landscape. I'm tired of this thing. This thing's got to come down. This thing's got to stop. You're going to stop. You're going to fall. And everything under your authority is coming down too. He says in verse 4, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not physical. Weapons, in the Greek, is an implement or a tool, uh, especially offensive for war. It can also mean armor. God has given us armor. Ephesians 6 tells us that we have the whole armor of God. Why do we have access to the whole armor of God? We've got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with preparation of the gospel, shield of faith, sword of the Spirit. We learned all that in VBS. Why do we have that? To quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Yeah, but that's not a defensive posture. That's not, he doesn't want us inside our church houses with our shields up while he's firing at the church house. we got to be on the battlefield. we got to be charging the stronghold. Yes, the shield of faith will quench those fiery darts, but the sword of the Spirit is going to cut down some strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Mighty through God. That word of God, when it gets in your heart, is so strong, it can cause you not to sin. Isn't that what it says in Psalms 119? Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If it's so strong that it can change my nature, what can it do to my enemy? 
if it's so strong that it can redirect my entire life by getting in me? What can it do to the bondages and the spirits that have kept my family bound? The Word of God is strong. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, the Bible says. Dividing asunder soul and spirit. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down. This is what was new to me. Pulling down. It means demolition. Years ago, my dad uh, purchased a house to flip. And me and a buddy went in there, and we got to do the demolition. Demolition's fun, right? We'd stand on one side of the room. It was Jamie, actually. Me and him went in there, and, and we took a hammer, and we just chucked it across the room. Boom, into the wall. And we'd turn it, and we'd yank it out, and all this drywall and all this stuff would come with it. Demolition's fun. Demolition is fun. When it comes to the strongholds, our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down, to the demolition of strongholds. We could be so strong, so armored up, our weapons so sharp, that we could actually have a little bit of joy in seeing the, the structures of the enemy come down. But here's what else demolition or pulling down means. Figuratively, it means extinction. Extinction. We can bring an extinction-level event to the strongholds of Winchester, Mount Sterling, Paris, Lexington, Richmond, Irvine. We can do that. We can bring extinction. What happens when something goes extinct? It never, ever comes back. It never, ever comes back. There's no more. Our weapons are mighty through God. To the extinction of strongholds. Oh yeah, maybe you've been alcoholics for a long time. But guess what? It stops with us. Right? It's extinct in this family from now on. Because of the goodness of God. Because of the word of God. Because somebody used their weapons. Because somebody attacked the stronghold. Yes, he made good decisions. But he attacked it. And in the end, he recovered my grandpa. Who was bound by alcoholism. We recovered him because the stronghold was extinct. It was destroyed. And by the grace of God, it will never show up again in this family. Amen? You can have that experience. Extinction for the strongholds of the enemy. We could so rearrange the spiritual landscape of Winchester if we would just attack the strongholds. If we would use what's in our hands. If we would sharpen that word in us, so sharp that it divides soul and spirit, so sharp that it can pull feelings out of it, and it can get right to the root, which is the spirit. That's what the word of God can do. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the, the demolition, the extinction, the spiritual tools God has given us can tear down and demolish enemy strongholds so completely that they can never be built back again. So the first thing we have to understand is that we cannot use man's weapons and tools and methods. The second thing is that we have to use God's weapons and tools and methods. We have to. In fact, God's tools and weapons were made for fighting this enemy. 
They were made for it. You want to be effective? Use a specific tool against an enemy. You ever, you ever needed a specific tool at home? A specific screwdriver? You just can't do it. You can't fix it until you have the right tool for the job. Guess what? We have the right tool for the job. Amen? We have exactly what we need to tear down the strongholds in our families, in Winchester, in this region. We have what we need. We've got as much Holy Ghost as we need. We've got as much fruit as we need, as much gifts as we need, as much faith and as much word as we need. We have everything that we need because these weapons were made for fighting this enemy. But if we sit on the sidelines, if we sit in fear, if we sit in fatigue, say, God, I'm whipped, I can't fight. And Lord knows we have those seasons, don't we, where we're just, we're whipped. There's nothing left in the tank. But God, by your Holy Spirit, refill and refuel your people that we may get back on the battlefield, that we may wage war this week in VBS. Not just hug and love and dance, but wage war in the name of Jesus. That we may attack what is attacking them. Instead of sitting passively, hoping that the message is good enough, the curriculum is cool enough, and the craft is fun enough. Amen? And I'm not bashing VBS. It's had such an impact on my life and my kids' lives. But we got to partner the spiritual with the physical, right? we got to partner the physical and the spiritual together because our weapons are mighty through God. We can't use man's weapons, methods, and tactics. we got to use God's because God's weapons and tactics were made for this enemy. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Casting down. There are three things this verse shows us that the enemy comes at us with. When we come after him, he's going to hit us with imaginations, high things, and thoughts. Now you would think, oh, those are kind of the same thing. Not exactly. Imagination in the Greek means computation or reasoning. Reasoning. He's going to hit you with reason. Well, what do you mean? We've got to pray, and that's going to undo years of addiction? If it were that easy, then we'd all be doing that all the time. There wouldn't be 12-step programs. That's human reasoning. It's human, can't, do those things help? Yes, they do. They help people. Right? But can God do more in an instant than a 12-step program can? Can God do more? It's the question. It's what you've got to answer. Are we going to allow the reasoning of the enemy to hit us so hard that we doubt what our God can do? That we doubt the effectiveness of his weapons that he has given us? Or are we going to say, you know what, those are good things. But in addition to those good things, I've got something better. I've got a word that can divide asunder soul and spirit. I've got a word that can bring transformation. How do I know? Because it's done that in me. It's done that in my family. If he can do it for us, he can do it for anyone. The enemy throws reasoning at us, high things. He throws high things at us. High things means an elevated place or thing, an elevated barrier. It literally means that he casts up a tall wall, a tall wall. Boom, it goes up. And if you've ever been in a spiritual warfare season, there are times where you're praying and praying and praying, and it's like it's hitting a wall, right? It's hitting that ceiling and coming back. Why? Because the enemy has lifted up a high thing against you. Guys, we're exposing the plan of the enemy here. This is how he operates. 
If he, if he cannot get you through reasoning, he's going to block you in with high things. He's going to put up barriers around your, your, your mind. He's going to put up barriers around your prayer time. He's going to do his best to get you to shut up long enough that he can get you to give up. That's what it's all about. So when the reasoning fails, the high things come. But we can cast down every high thing. Casting down imaginations and every high thing, every high thing, every barrier that's thrown up. You could even say that when the high things start coming up, you're getting to the outer walls of the stronghold. You're getting to the outer walls. You're starting to make contact that matters. And then he says, and bringing into captivity. Let me say this. Every high thing, imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's all about challenging what you know about God. What do you know about God? You know he's faithful. You know he's good. You know he's a healer. You know he's a present help in time of trouble. Right? You know that he can speak a word only and make a difference. You know that his power is limitless. But if the enemy can throw up a barrier, a reason, if he can hit you with those to cause you to say, well, maybe he's not going to in this situation. Have you ever thought that? I've thought that. I've thought that. Well, maybe, maybe it's not God's will. Why would the devil point you toward God's will? He's not going to do that. He's going to pull you away. He wants, you, he wants to challenge your, your idea, your knowledge that God is mighty. He wants to challenge your knowledge that he's merciful and gracious. That he'll forgive anybody of anything if they come to him. The enemy's tactic is to warp your perception of God and erect walls within your life that limit what God can do. But God's tools demolish adverse imaginations and high things. And last part of the verse, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Thought is the intellect. Disposition itself, your mind. When he gets into your mind, he's getting into your soul, your perception. It's all about, if he can get the people of God to stop, if he can get us to stop attacking that stronghold, you would think a sword wouldn't do a whole lot against a wall. A normal sword wouldn't. But we don't have a normal sword. Amen? We have the Word of God. It is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You and I can be stronghold destroyers. And we can be stronghold destroyers more than just in a season or a time in our life. We've all had seasons and times where we're strong and mighty, where we pray and God moves. I'm sure you've had those moments. But this is a, this is a, a place to live in. This is a place to live in. It's when you keep chipping away even when you don't feel strong and mighty. Amen, you use that word. Because you know that word is so strong. The knowledge of God that you have. Our knowledge and our obedience. Verse 6 says, and, and with all readiness, with all readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We can weaponize our word, excuse me, God's word, and our obedience. If we weaponize it, the strongholds are coming down. The strongholds are coming down. Stand with me this morning. 
Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.